Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Got from the gun, has the snap, looking left. He throws. It's caught at the goal line by Josh Reynolds. Touchdown, LA! With 3.57 to go in the first quarter, Reynolds has receptions for touchdowns in back to back weeks. And there's the first career touchdown throw against the Chicago Bears for Jared Goff. Second down snap to Foles. Back to throw. He hitches. He unloads left side and going airborne to intercept is Jalen Ramsey. Right on cue. Out of bounds at the 35-yard line. Ramsey sat on that route, and he beat the target to the football. Monday Night Football goes to the Rams. They beat the Bears 24-10. And PK, as I watched the late stages of that game, and the Rams finally get into the end zone a second time with the help of some big rugby pile bush push on steroids weirdness. I don't know what the heck that play was, but it worked for them. All I can think of was you talking about Nick Saban and how offense is how you win. Now, in any one game, it can go the other way, but we just saw the Browns and the Bengals 37-34. We just saw the Cardinals and the Seahawks 37-34. And you look at the Chiefs offense and the Packers offense and the Seahawks offense, you think, these teams are pretty good. I mean, they're 5-2, and two, but can they really defend their way? I mean, I know Aaron Donald puts on a heck of a pass rush, but how can they possibly defend their way all the way to the Super Bowl? Speaking of the Rams and the Bears too, and the Bears, the both teams are five and two. Well, know? I don't think the Bears have a good enough offense to yeah, go anywhere. Though. I don't either. Maybe the Rams do because we saw Goff flinging it, but as he pointed out in the broadcast, their personnel's changed a lot over the last two years. I mean, there's some guys left from the Super Bowl team, but a big chunk of them are gone. Yeah, the Gurley man obviously is gone. Yep, uh, but I think they potentially do. I, w- I certainly wouldn't put him in the favorite category. I wouldn't put him. If I have two or three teams, I don't know that I'm putting the Rams there. Right. But, you know, we're almost to the halfway point at five and two. I think in any individual game, they have to be taken seriously because if you're going to have a defensive player and, you know, we always use 10 as the rating. Well, Donald certainly is a 10. In fact, I'm going to call him Bo Derek from now on. You do that. <laughs> and he's, I mean, he's awesome. Yeah, he is. He's just an incredibly destructive force in that defensive line. I mean, he's the def- best defensive lineman I've seen since Bob Lilly. Wow. Bob <laughs> Lilly and Bo Derrick were in the way back machine, people. <laughs> I better hope that Bob Lilly played defensive line. He did. Did he? Yeah. Was he inside or outside? Got me. I don't know. I think he was inside, but I don't really know. That was okay, the kind of Rand- guy that dad talked about, and I know I saw, but I got no memory. But Randy now he's dad's White. guy. Randy White, then. We'll go half the half the, the manster, half man, half monster, yeah, which I always man. thought was a cool nickname. That really was. Half yeah. man, half monster. That's the problem with the Cowboys. They don't have any nicknames. You had Ed Too Tall Jones. Yep. You had the manster. What do they got now? They Ed, got no nicknames. Ed Too Tall Jones is a defensive end. Now you're getting a little later. I'm starting to remember. Well, but, but the point being, they had cool nicknames. Yep. I mean, if you have a cool nickname. You're probably a really good By player. definition, you have to be good. They don't bother. If you're not that good, they don't bother giving you a cool, a cool nickname. Right. It's like when we get criticism. Well, I mean, if we sucked at what we were doing, we wouldn't get criticism. Same type of principle. Right. So we'd be gone. 
Exactly. Why bother you- criticizing, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, the injury report for the NFL. Uh, everybody has in PK. Does anybody's season get changed uh, by these injuries? Cardinals leading rusher Kenyon Drake out for, quote, a few weeks with a slight tear in a ligament in his ankle. Uh, Seahawks starting running back Chris Carson week to week after an MRI confirms a midfoot sprain. And the 49ers. Jeff Wilson Jr., high ankle sprain out for multiple weeks. Uh, wide receiver Debo Samuel, hamstring out for multiple weeks. Uh, Terrell Burgess was uh, carted off last night, the former Ute. Mm. Cam Newton, W-E-E-I in Boston. Bench late in the game. The first thing I said to myself coming home was, you keep playing games like that, bro, and it's going to be a permanent change. Well, that was a good conversation to have when he was going home. (laughs) Good conversation with himself? Uh, uh, Yeah, it's obvious. The three picks, the low completion percentage, the offense struggling for a few weeks now. They were they were yeah. moving the ball early in the year, but that's kind of come to a crashing halt. Uh huh. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I really wish for our players, for our fans, that they could hear what I was just told. Um, I think they deserve to, but you know, I asked. They made sure to tell me there's a policy that I can't tell you, the players or the fans, you know, what they're you want to call it explanation for that situation and how TV copy everybody in the country can see it hit him. And I asked the side judge, why aren't they replaying it? Do I need a challenge? And he said, they've already looked at it. There's nothing there. That's Ole Miss coach Lane Kiffin on his explanation from the SEC about a missed call Saturday. They can't be happy with him kind of backdooring the all I can't tell you about it. It's so horrible. I can't even tell you about it. Well, is he supposed to get fined two hundred fifty, and he wants to give him all pennies? Twenty five thousand, but yeah, just twenty five thousand. Yeah. How many pennies uh, is that, Yuck? Two point five million. There it is. Good. See, you can do radio. You can do math on the radio. After you have a well, practice dry run, just don't do it on Twitter. Right. You know, at one and four, I'd be more concerned about your team than the referees. Yeah. I guess the problem is it comes down to when you're one and four and you're not that good in the SEC, you know, it's a 10-game schedule. You don't get to backdoor four easy wins and schedule yourself that. So if they are able to win, it's going to be such a thin margin that if anything goes against them and kills a drive or extends the other team's drive, their margin is so thin to pull off a win. Okay, well then, if something goes against you, then try to find a way to reverse course I mean, we can blame the refs all day long. It's not going to help you. Nevertheless, you're one and four. Yep. Florida Gators back to practice. First time in two weeks. Head coach Dan Mullen did not say how many players he would have available when the Gators face Missouri Saturday. Normally, I'd pick the Gators to win that game handily, but I guess 2020 is an odd year, and we'll have to see who they have and who they don't have. Yeah, that goes to what I've been saying now for weeks. I'm not going to put a ton of stock into results this season for some of these teams. You know, Wisconsin's down all quarterbacks. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows what's going to happen each time. I, I, just, I, I think it's important to press on, but obviously this thing is going to impact wins and losses. And Wisconsin uh, starting quarterback Jack Cohn is out with a foot injury. Uh, he had surgery in training camp. Uh, Graham Mertz tested positive for Kobeck. Chase Wolf tested positive. So they could be down to their fourth-string guy. So yeah. good luck. good luck with that. There's a handful of teams that had to play a third-string guy, and the results usually went sideways. BYU was an exception last year. 
Boise State, Stanford, USC. But getting down to a four-string guy, I don't, I don't know that I got any. Uh, I don't have any comparables for that. What's the comp? I don't know who's had to do that. Uh, yeah, I can't recall. Saturday's game, New Mexico and San Jose State has been moved. It was supposed to be in Albuquerque. They're moving it to San Jose. Public health orders in New Mexico related to the coronavirus. But it brings up the question, is the Pac, will the Pac-12 do that to get games in? I assume they will, but I haven't heard for sure. Have you heard anything well, they or read anything they, they for They sure? didn't announce any type of plan. Yeah. I put in a request to get uh, Merton Hanks, and they told me they'd see what they can do because he's in charge of all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But in that labyrinth release that they had <laughs> that was epic uh, they didn't specify anything along those lines Yaki didn't put college basketball on the list but it's getting uh it's getting listed too you want to hit it yeah hit college basketball hashtag college basketball the old MTs turn it to uh, peak. I don't know why they can't just be preseason tournaments. It doesn't sound so fancy, but the multiple team events. Uh, ESPN had a plan to do a bubble and hold a bunch of tournaments in Orlando. That's falling apart. Utah State was supposed to be in one of them. I guess the Utes deal having to relocate from uh, the Caribbean to South Dakota. At least they'll get the games in. It's going to be a scramble now. They're going to try and salvage a couple of events in Orlando, but. Uh, what are we sitting here on? October 27th now, a little more than a month to the start of the season. And a game's definitely hanging in the balance for the Aggies. Uh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. You, got any, you got any great ideas on how to relocate all these on no notice? Well, one month's notice? Uh, I'd probably look to see if there's ways to schedule local games a little bit more, regionally games. Uh, you know, Seems like bussing from campus to a game and back is the smartest thing to do and the safest yeah. thing to do. And oh, I mean, is it a real big time crime if uh, the in-state schools play each other twice? The idea is to get in some games, provide you know, a little. I, yeah, I saw that. Uh, what's the one dude? Oh, he's on Speak for Yourself, and he was running around saying like uh, with the NBA or the NFL. Uh, this is a cash grab and all this stuff. You think? NBA, I saw in the New York Post this morning, well, the Knicks, because they don't have uh, uh, continuity in their roster to start December 22nd. It's a total cash grab by the commissioner because he sees the TV ratings on Christmas. Well, what is wrong with cash grabs? I don't understand it. Why are we not allowing people, and the guy who does speak for himself, speak for yourself with uh, Marcellus Wiley, He's running around. Yeah, I'm glad TV ratings are down. It's sports are too important. Yeah, he's saying it while he has a job. And I've got friends this morning in a sports business who are unemployed today after working at the Deseret News for 25-plus years. What's wrong with friggin' cash grabs? I mean, it sounds so negative. How about guys getting up going to work and earning a paycheck? Is that a cash grab? I hear. I mean, and he's he's got a job over here, so it's way easy for him to criticize. I hear cash grab when you have someone who's got uh, millions or billions looking for millions and billions more. At this point, it's trying to turn a uh, twenty or forty, or turning to turn a, instead of having a sixty percent loss, have a forty percent loss, and instead of forty, have twenty. Instead of twenty, have ten. And what's wrong with that? People are trying to businesses are trying to stay afloat. I mean. <laughs> There's layoffs. Every, if you don't know someone who's been laid off or someone who shut down their business, someone who's taken a significant hit, uh, that's just because the people who well, you know, don't live on planet Earth. Well, right. I was going to say, the people who've done it haven't told you they've done it. You absolutely know someone who's done it. Now, you may not know you know, but you absolutely know somebody who's taken a hit. 
There are way too many people who've taken a hit over the last six months. Or literally lost their jobs. Yes, I've got family right. members. You're and abs- I've got friends, as I just said. Yep. Mike Sorensen, Dirk Facer, these guys I've known for years and years. And they're my friends. And they're unemployed today. And I grieve for them because this is serious, serious stuff. Yep. Uh, D News, do they let four people go? Was that the number? It kind of trickled out. I didn't oh, hear all yeah, of them. Yeah, Jody also. Jody, Jody Gennessy and Brandon Gurney. So yeah, four, all these four, guys, come on, man. Four people in guys. sports. And I assume stuff happened in other parts of the paper that I don't know about. I assume it's way more than four, but I don't know what the number yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's like uh, 18 or so. 18. Uh, well, and that joint operating agreement lost a lot of that, people, well, publishers and whatnot. 100 plus jobs. Yeah. I mean, the D News is going to have an announcement today. They've got a staff meeting. Uh, and then they're going to come forward. I was on the phone last night with several people and, and then texting, going back and forth. I mean, obviously, I'm an old newspaper guy at heart here. And so you remember when Jay Drew got laid off a couple years ago, yep. I couldn't even speak. And so these other guys, too, and I've been in contact with them, and, and it just absolutely sucks. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Obviously, it's not a great position to be in, but I think we've kind of battled all year long, and we've come back before, so just go out and, and play like normal. Tyler Glasnow right there on Tampa's Mindset. What are the Rays thinking? Game six is tonight. The Dodgers win. They win the World Series for the first time since Kurt Gibson in 88. The Rays win. They force a game seven Wednesday night, and they have a chance to play for their first World Series title ever. And PK, the pitching matchup has you... And everyone lined up behind you, picking the Rays. Well, yeah, I mean, they've got an established starter in Snell going, and the Dodgers are Gosselin and whom else? I don't know. I know how it goes. So, um, and obviously, I've got the, the, the Rays in this game favored, but Dodgers got a better lineup, so they're capable of putting together know, five, six, seven runs, whatever it might be. I mean, this is baseball trying to predict a single game. I don't know why anybody would bet on baseball. I mean, just uh, you know, you can get a 200 hitter all of a sudden can uh, go three for four. I mean, we've seen it a million times. World Series history, <laughs> full of role yeah. players who come up big in a clutch moment. And so, really, it comes down to since the Dodgers don't have the starting pitching that you associate with classic World Series wins, you know, that running Bumgarner out there or anything. Uh, but can they slug their way to a six-five win? Easily, yeah. Or do they get one of those combo bullpen games where everybody comes in and throws their one to three innings and they get it done that way? You wouldn't think so, but all they need is one. Yep. Yeah, and then in baseball, in a sense, is somewhat random in that you can hit a screaming Mimi. We've seen guys hit bullets that bounce, that hit the wall on the fly, and it's a single, and another dude check swings down the right field line and it's a double or triple <laughs> yeah right <laughs> trying to figure that one out I mean, as i say man i don't know why anybody would bet on this sport to so many things that are just beyond your control you do everything you're supposed to do and you could still come out with a negative result i mean it's you know you're going to fail seven out of ten times as they say so hard to predict but certainly i would favor the raise in this one and then if that happens we set up a game seven Game sevens in any sport are always cool. What is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. 
All right, coming up this morning, we're talking BYU football with Dylan Colley. The former Cougar receiver joins us every week. He will be here at 8 o'clock this morning. Michael Lev, Arizona beat writer for the Arizona Daily Star, will join us at 9.30 to talk about the Utes and the Arizona Wildcats. The opener for Utah is a week from Saturday. That's on the way. The question of the day coming up next, and you people are all over the map on this one. We will get to that next. Stay with us. Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Regardless of how poor the competition is, Zach Wilson is showing some stuff that is indicating a talent that he is. And it doesn't matter who you're playing, when you can spin a ball downfield the way this kid can, I'm starting to come around. I'd like to say that I've always been high on Zach Wilson. I did not think last year was indicative of his capabilities as a quarterback because I thought he was coming off surgery and he was hurt. And he still beat USC, by the way. So maybe we should have seen this coming a little bit more. But there's a reason that NFL guys are high on him. There's no doubt. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Action Plumbing. Action Plumbing, Heating and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad, you get $33 off any service. Call Action today, 801-833-3333. Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical at 801-833-3333. Mention DJ and PK. Mention The Zone and get $33 off any service. Question of the morning, why does BYU's success this season get under the skin of some folks? What is going on? Why are people so cranky? Uh, because people are just generally cranky, I think, is the number one reason. No, I don't think so. And number two, and man, did a lot of people here go, <laughs> go to this. Well, it's a rivalry. You're supposed to be cranky when your rival wins. I don't know who to give credit to that to. We got like 80 comments on here, and there must be 10 people, maybe 20 people who said that. It's a rivalry. We're not supposed to enjoy their success. We root for the rival, which is both Utes and Aggies. You can ignore their success. You don't have to enjoy it. That is a true story. And I think that it's easier to ignore when your team is playing, especially if your team is doing well. Probably get pretty cranky if your team's rolling out. To, well, I was going to say two and ten, but who's going to play twelve games this year? Uh, but you know, if your team's only winning a quarter of their games, then you're uh, you're going to be cranky. Yeah, but I think it's more than that. Oh, I think it is too, and we have a long list. We can explore more than that for a little while now. Uh, Brian says, in a normal season, if BYU played this schedule, everyone would be laughing and saying, big whoop, who cares? The ranking and all the hype is a bit much for some people to take when BYU hasn't really played anyone good yet. Or you've decided they haven't played anyone good yet. That's, that's subjective. That it is. How do we wanna- know Houston doesn't roll? We don't know that. Houston is three games in, and they are 2-1. and one. And right. we, will, we will know a lot more because they are playing uh, UCF, Central Florida, on uh, Saturday, and they're backing it up with a trip to Cincinnati to play the seventh-ranked Bearcats. Yeah, I mean, the, the AAC doesn't have to apologize, as far as I'm concerned, for its conference. There's enough good teams at the top. You know, there's some crappy teams at the bottom, but every conference has them. So the point being, if you come out of the AAC 
with a with a really good record, you're a really good football team. Um, I, the, to me, that's what I believe because the AAC, in my mind, and it hasn't been around obviously that long, but it is proven that it has quality football teams. I, I just don't see where you can argue and, and throw you know Memphis in there and Navy. You know, maybe not Navy this year. We understand that, but there has been teams that are pretty good. And so you have to, you have, at least for me, and I think for you too, you respect that conference. And so let's see I, what happens there. Uh, you got to, well, first off, you got to look at Cincinnati. They're 4 0. Yeah. Uh, Fickles had a good run there. A lot of schools have wanted higher them. They've yeah. beaten two ranked teams. They just thumped SMU. So they look good. Tulsa is not a team you normally go to, but they're 2 and 1 with a 16 to 7 loss to Oklahoma State, the last undefeated team in the Big 12. That was a tight game. Oh, sure. Yeah. So well, Houston 2 and 1 with the only loss to BYU. Uh, SMU is 5 and 1. Memphis is coming off a good year. Now Memphis goes through coaching changes cuz their coach gets hired away, but they're 3 and 1. UCF is 3 and 2. So, yeah, I think the top half of the league is and I you're right, you point out Navy, I didn't mention them. They're at 3 and 3. So, I think that top half of that league is pretty representative. If Houston rolls through that schedule and comes out the other side looking good, then Houston's a good team. Well, I mean, I don't know they have to roll through it to be a good team. I don't need to look at their records and start reciting them. I just know the league is a good league. You've decided, because of your snobbery or ignorance, somewhere in between, that they haven't played anybody. When, How do you know they haven't played anybody? You, you just decided that. And I, I think it's more to the issue, it's that BYU generates emotion in our community and in the old whack Mountain West cities, it generates a ton of emotion. Well, if it's, you just wanted to sum is, it up, it is a lightning rod. If you wanted to sum it up for someone who moved into town last week and doesn't know the backstory, BYU was a big dog and had Utah down for 20 years. Now, Utah spent 20 years getting out from under that grip and getting pinned to the mat. And they went into the Pac-12, they came off their undefeated seasons with Fiesta and Sugar Bowl, and they had the upper hand, and they've had BYU down for a decade, and they don't want them to let them off the deck. And this is BYU's first chance to get off the deck in the last 10 to 15 years, and you fans are bugged by it and don't want any of it because, hey, it's a wrestling match, and, and they, f- they flipped on Big Brother, and depending on which decade you grew up in, who's Big Brother, but they flipped this on the rivalry. The Utes have the upper hand, and they don't want the Cougars getting loose yeah, in this. I, I don't think that has anything to do with it. You serious? Yak yeah. just shot at me and pointed at me like it was an old Western, shooting me up like, you're nailing it, DJ. Well, I mean, that's old news, though. I mean, I, no Ute fan is worried about BYU usurping them. They don't want, right, but they it's don't like, want, but BYU, they get nothing. They don't want BYU to get anything. Which has nothing to do with usurping them. They don't want BYU to be a top 10 team. They don't know. They don't want BYU. Don't, okay, you don't yeah, you're right. Anything beyond that. You're right, but beyond that, even worse, they don't want to be no. top 10. But and they're now not, they are. that's the last thing they're worried about. They're not worried about that whatsoever. So then the answer isn't why does BYU success, because being top 10 is success. So the question is why does BYU success this season get under the skin of some folks? It's not success. It's just why does BYU get under the skin of some folks? Yes, it's <laughs> BYU. They're hated, they're different. And some of them like to pound their chest on how different they are. And the superior, and it depended on, I never really bought it because I didn't grow up here, but the holier-than-thou attitude and all that stuff that you hear, whether it's true or not, doesn't really matter. That's the perception. 
I told you early on when I was in the Mountain or uh, Whack and basketball tournament was in uh, New Mexico, and at halftime of one of the games, they had all the cheerleaders come out, and so they had every school on the floor, and they were going to do a, a joint uh, dance or whatever routine, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, you know, when they introduced the Utah cheerleaders and the San Diego State cheerleaders, blah, 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 smattering of applause. They introduced the BYU cheerleaders, 18,000 people booed. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, what is going on here, man? Well, why? Because I don't know anything about this. I, I haven't been to the – first time I went to Albuquerque, and actually the only times I've ever been to Albuquerque, and I've been there many times, was because of work. So – and El Paso – was because of work. And so I found out about that stuff, and it became so obvious, man. This school, this university, is roundly hated. So it doesn't have to have that. What happened in 1983 is irrelevant today. It, the hatred is still as strong. And it's combined with the success and people just don't want to hear about it. And so they're going to say, well, they haven't played anybody. That's the go-to thing. When you really don't know, you couldn't name one Houston player. All you know is they haven't played anybody. Well, that that that's your go-to card there. When they you, haven't played anybody. When you beat a bunch of Westminster colleges, you tend to have zero cred. Jewel posted that. <laughs> Yach is now shaking his head. And a bunch yo, of who Westminster did Utah colleges. beat last year that had a that was good? Washington. Help me out here. Washington. All right. The discussions about BYU here, PK. Don't bring Utah into this. Well, that's the whole point, is that you just it's just a quick go. Well, they haven't played anybody. Well, wait a second here. Let's investigate. Who played whom to where you could say when? They played Cal, somebody. They beat Cal, who was 8-5, and five, but they beat Cal when Cal didn't have Garbers, and Cal didn't have Garbers. They were a disaster. They were very good with their starting quarterback, and they were very bad when he went down. It was night and day. So you just can't go, well, they didn't play anybody. It's not like the Pac-12 South. My conference, my division. Is so that'll be interesting because Yankees here. Yeah, the the uh, the pushback would be well, they it's not their fault that other teams are bad. Look at all the guys they sent to the NFL. How many guys is BYU going to send to the NFL? At least two offensive linemen, maybe more. Will play in the NFL. We'll have to see how that shakes out. If it gets you know a third or fourth guy makes it, uh, a quarterback to the NFL. Uh, somebody will there be a couple defensive guys to the NFL? I mean, you assume Tonga. Oh, so you think just because you go to the NFL, you're good? So if you, <laughs> that's what we're gonna argue. Now. Yeah, he went to the NFL, but he sucked. That let's do this. He thing. sucked. <laughs> All right, you there got is me a, there. There is a certain amount of you can't hold a team and a group of players responsible because the schedule they play is down one year for reasons they can't control, right? The Utes couldn't control the Chase Garbers got hurt and Cal wasn't any good when they, when they played him. The Cougars can't help that a uh, whole conference has decided, there's a pandemic, we're not playing non-conference games. And they only decided because they didn't want to play BYU because they knew BYU would be good. We're so out. they used the pandemic as an excuse. Yeah, Isn't that obvious? That might be a little bit of a rage, but sure, <laughs> if you want to sell it, that would be a totally you thing to do. <laughs> and plus, you have to look at these guys, though, Tom Homo, and if you know anything about Tom, you don't double the length of an average NFL career unless you're just breathing fire. 
And Tom doesn't, uh, you know, run around and overthrow uh, Gatorade jugs and do all this stuff. But the guy's got a burning desire to, to be competitive. I mean, it's clear. And Kalani, if you ever have had conversations far away from microphones, far away from television cameras, and you really got to talk to him, you would know. I mean, this guy, he comes off as your buddy, and he wants to hug you and yada, yada. And that's who he is. But beneath all that, this guy's got a burning desire, too. You just can't get to this level without it. You can't be nonchalant. So look at what they're trying to do. If, if Alabama called today and said, hey, you want to play? They would say, yes, we got an opening. You want to come down? And it could work, all things being equal. If it could work, any Pac-12 team, we know the dates that BYU has open in November. And uh, what, that first week of December? Because they're playing the Aztecs the second week. So if any of these teams call, BYU's taking that call. And they're going to be on a plane. Administration to see what they can do. So it's not like they're ducking people. You can't argue. Some of these teams, like we had Rich Rudd on, and he asked him about playing BYU. He said, no, I want to play Chico State. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say it, but for whatever reason, Chico State is my go-to uh, team, uh, Little Sisters of the Poor, whatever you want. And so he's, he's trying to pad his record. Well, BYU isn't trying to pad their record. They're trying to find teams that are willing to play them, and they're ready to go. And if you want to play them and things work out, the way you could, they would do that. So I think you got to give them some credit there. As you want to slight them for their schedule, and obviously it's not a powerhouse schedule this year, and everybody knows that, but I think you have to factor in that they would be willing to play whomever on these dates. We all know their dates. They're right there. The schedule is available. We see the buys that they have. They would want to play football against pretty much whomever. I don't imagine that they would be saying no to anybody. I mean, knowing full well the chances of beating Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama are pretty slim. I mean, we understand that. But they still would try because they were willing to try in the beginning of the season. Those Alabama rumors, were had, they had some substance to them. And then the SEC comes out and says what it says about its conference, and that eliminates them. But they were willing to. So I think there should be some credit given there as far as their desire because they could take the easy way out, but they're not. Now, this year, it's a, it was an exception because of the circumstances, but you look at their schedules and just look at next year's, and hopefully next year we can get a regular season the way we all know and love and, and see what happens. Craig says, uh, why do uh, some people seem so bugged by BYU's success? He says, because they see the very real possibility of BYU being undefeated, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl and having a Heisman Trophy winner. At the same time, realizing the team up north may walk away with three to four wins and no bowl game this year. Okay, but that's not going to happen. (laughs) There's no way that Zach Wilson is going to win the Heisman. Now, I feel like all those uh, Democrats, there's no way Donald Trump is going to be president. (laughs) Trevor Lawrence, (laughs) Clemson's quarterback, is getting the Heisman Trophy. It seems like it's, of all the years, it seems like, man. All he has, well, the only way he doesn't get it is if he gets hurt. You know, if he gets hurt next weekend, then he doesn't get it. And misses a bunch of. Not and, right, you're right. Hurt and misses, uh, you know, six or eight games or some major part of the season. Right. And then they'll just go to Justin Fields of Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> there is a line. We all see it. Right. Or then maybe Mac Jones. 
Right. So how do you get so that you're one of the finalists in New York City? Because anybody, be, I, I off, think that's legit. Anybody off that list that we just ran through right there, the completely obvious list. If you're hanging out with them as a Heisman Trophy finalist, you've accomplished something. That right. I would say so. That Any be, college that football player awesome. who pulls that yeah. off. Just like Alex Smith got to go back. I have no idea in terms of remembering who won it that year. Was it Reggie Bush? I think it was Reggie. Uh, or yeah. Leinard, whomever might have been. But the fact that you were there is pretty awesome uh, because, I mean, they're not going to – they're going to just set up. Because because if Malcolm Purry didn't win it last year, there's nobody's going to win it. <laughs> that isn't uh, of the elite – you know, the, the cool kid crowd, basically. I mean, go look at the year that that kid had for Navy last year. I mean, it was just absolutely sensational. So uh, I don't even remember, was he a finalist? If he wasn't, that's even a bigger joke. Uh, so as far as that goes. And Utah going three wins, man, I don't see that either. I'm starting to well, get you, hyped for that. They did say three to four. Well, based on what, six games or seven games? I mean, we have no idea who they're going to play that last game. So we don't. Uh, it's hard to pick we, that game since we don't know who like it is. It's like picking a bowl game I've, this I've, time of year. I've wondered if they're going to do all crossover games or if they're going to, if games don't get played, if they'll plug in the well, division either, games that's, that's ultimately. Been, we heard Harlan yeah. mention that. Yeah. This is but, still no, I, I've heard, I've gone on, uh, the Hanks has gone on a t- world tour uh, in the conference, and I've heard him several times, and he's mentioned that, and he's in charge of football. If games get postponed, that they may slot them back in on that date. And, and, then, and then that's why I'm not going to go crazy on this season because there's probably going to be some form of some postponements. And we've seen other conferences have postponements, but they've got several weeks to jockey around the schedule. The Pac-12 has zero weeks to, to mess around with it. It's either go or don't go. And then as far as the six games, they could add that game and make it your sixth game after the fact. Because if you're playing that game, that means you didn't win the division, right? Uh, because they're going to go with the two division winners uh, on that uh, December, what is it, 18th or 19th, whatever it is. Uh, I think they're going to go that Friday, and then the other teams would play most likely on the Saturday. They could play that Friday. I don't think so, but maybe maybe an early game. Who knows how they'll decide that. So I still I don't I don't I don't really see the Utes crashing this season, and even if they did, uh, I I just don't know how much we can hold it against them. And BYU gets in a bowl, a New Year's Day bowl game, great, good good for them. You know, With, they're still not going to usurp you. You're still the big dog. Utah is the big dog in this state. There's just no question about it. If BYU has its great season, and I wish them well. I don't think it really changes anything. I mean, there's been plenty of teams that have had that have gotten in there. Uh, We've had one one big year, but it doesn't change their standing Kansas in the universe. Kansas playing an Orange Bowl. Yes, yes. And Virginia didn't they? And then the Bronco, they're like one and four this year. Yeah, coming off a of right. nine and five last year, they were nine and the three last year. Lost to Clemson, yeah. went to the Orange Bowl, lost it. And now they're struggling. Northern Illinois uh, got to go to a game. and Hawaii, Sugar Bowl. Hawaii went to the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, it didn't change the and course of their program. It was a fun so, year, but it didn't change the course of it. Right, right. And so let them have their day in the sun. I mean, that, that That's more screams, dismissive as a rival anyway. Yeah, it really is. A little pat on the head. Hey, you know, that was a nice year. I'm glad, you, I'm glad that happened for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> condescension. I mean, it's the way to go. <laughs> it says the king of it. 
<laughs> That's your little thing. Whenever, whenever we're arguing about something and I have a point and you have no chance to beat it down, <laughs> you know you're corny. Which you has go, never happened. That's your little thing. <laughs> I know as soon as the word little comes in, it's like, oh, he's scraping the bottom of the ammo barrel now. That's your little prediction. It came true. But all these years later, it's just fascinated me how much BYU generates emotion. For an outside guy, I'm not an outsider anymore, obviously. But at my core, my origination is that of an outsider because it was all about Pac-10 for me. I didn't grow up in any whack town. By the time I got to the desert, that whack stuff was over. Right, and so I only have my frame of reference only goes to Pac-12 or Pac-10 back then, and so it's it just all these years later, BYU is having a moment right now. Can't argue that Zach Wilson is getting about as much love as any BYU player has received since when? Since since Ty Detmer? I was going to say Taysom. Taysom in college or Taysom in the pros? Taysom got a lot of love when he was hurtling Texas and all of that. The problem is that... But it was like a one-shot deal. So, I was going to say, the problem is it was hard to sustain it because he'd have injuries and he'd miss games. Yeah. And they'd have opponents that took him off the radar. But back to the fact that BYU's been the only team playing in the West, and now that's changing with the Mountain West playing this last weekend, and Boise State's going to become a story. Of course, BYU's going to play Boise State in two weeks, so the stories will collide. Um, but Zach's been getting a lot of hype every week because there literally hasn't been another team to talk about. And I think that's part of what's getting under the skin of some people. I've gotten texts from people in RU fans like, man, you guys are talking a lot of BYU. I'm like, okay, count up all the games that have been played in the state since the Jazz got knocked out of the playoffs. What is that now? Are we going on six weeks since the Jazz got knocked out? Seven weeks? I'm not even sure. It's six or seven weeks, and since then we've had like five BYU football games. We had weeks BYU didn't play. <clears throat> they had a week that get, was no game scheduled. They had a week they were supposed to play Army, and it didn't get played. Well, I, Other yeah, people I play games. We'll talk about other stuff, but they're like, we'll the break two down the Utes. Biggest, since Conley missed that shot, the two biggest names sports-wise in our state are Zach and Lisa Wilson. Boom, there it is. <laughs> It's whoop. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> On our show, it's boom. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I mean, come on. Let them have it. Let them enjoy it. Zach Wilson's a great story. You freaking didn't offer him, man. Uh, That's where you ought to be mad. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you offered some dude who's backing up in Indiana. Now, of course, Indiana's a powerhouse now. They're 1-0 in the... Uh, in the uh, Big Ten. Taking down Penn State. (laughs) Not going to lie, there was a tweet over the weekend from a well-known BYU fan site that said, thank you, Jack Tuttle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that wouldn't have played out very well for BYU without Tuttle's help. Tuttle was critical. That's what's so interesting to me about that whole thing. And to an extent, you've got to give Utah credit for staying loyal to its word. They didn't have to, but they did. Well, they kind of had to if they wanted Tuttle. He'd have taken off, and they wanted him. Yeah, but they didn't have to agree to it. I, I get your point, kind of, but they controlled their own commitment, their own promise. So, yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but you look at SC. 
Right now, they've got offers. They've got two commits, and they got the offer to the Corner Canyon kid. And I, who knows how many other offers they have? <laughs> right. <laughs> they could have offered like eight guys. Yeah, we just know it's a local kid, and they already got two commits. And it's like, boys, hey, yeah, you want to come here? I mean, that, that's that's when you know you're big dog, right? You just, hey, we're going to offer you. And even if you and I've been told that they may not even accept the kids. If this kid from Corner Canyon committed, they may not even accept it. And even though they offered, how does that work? That just that is so confusing to my simple mind. And if they, they'll probably accept it in the short term, but when it comes down to signing day, uh, what are we looking at? Uh, they, had they there'll be musical kept, chairs and you know, uh, signing day is what, like six weeks away Have now? they kept it? Is it still at uh, third week in December? I don't know if they've changed it. As of it. now, they're still planning on having Yeah, and that's when you know you're big dog, when you can just, you be grateful that we offered you, and then we'll <laughs> decide if we take you. That, that's wow can you imagine and other schools really any schools in the conference doing that other schools don't really complain because then they're going to be able to say this kid was offered by usc but we got him and the whole backstory will go away it'll be in every media guide you click on the online profiles was offered by usc and we got him here at fill in the name of the school wherever he goes well we're already hearing it with we heard it with tuttle and who's this new kid they got uh, what's his name baselli what's his name peter castelli because I'm, I'm going to screw that name up forever until he gets here. But, yeah, oh, he turned down this, this, this. That only adds to the hype of the quarterback position. And to me, man, I would – actually, the Zach Wilson story, I think I'd probably rather have that. Because what pressure is on the kid? Well, he turned down SC. Well, my gosh, you better be all that, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so the pressure – can you mean the Jake Heap story – and the pressure that was on him, a lot of it was self-induced. I get it. But nevertheless, the pressure and the expectation, and, and the, it's almost impossible for the kid to live up to it. You'd have to be Trevor Lawrence to actually live up to it. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up at 8 o'clock. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports. When you look at Zach Wilson, nobody anticipates that he'll win a Heisman Trophy, but what are the odds he might be sitting next to a Heisman Trophy winner in New York? I don't even know if they're going to have it in New York. He could be sitting yeah. in uh, Draper on Zoom in December. <laughs> I think you put it in the right context. He could win the Heisman Trophy, but I would think the odds are minuscule. He has a good chance, I would say, right now to be a Heisman finalist. First of all, because he's performed and his team has performed. Individual performance is obviously the most important part of the Heisman team performance is a huge part. I mean, think back to Alex Smith when he finished second in the Heisman. A lot of that was because Utah was such a big story and they were undefeated that year in 04. So that compelled everybody to have to watch. Regardless, like he has earned every bit of the praise. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 7 at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Yeah! <laughs> All right, PK, pop quiz time. Talking to a Ute fan yesterday, was like, man, you guys don't spend much time on the Utes. I'm like, we don't know that many things about the Utes. We don't get to see 
uh, practice. We don't get to see scrimmages. The scrimmages have kind of been closed over the last few years anyway. have kind of been evolving yep. towards oh, yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's all right. accelerated because of the pandemic. This is where we've been yeah. trending. But we didn't even see spring football. <laughs> it's like usually there's 15 practices, and you would see that, and you didn't even see that because they had I like saw one. three. They had three practices, so you got one spring practice to go on. And I said, once there's a game, they go, well, practices are closed during games. I said, yeah, but it doesn't matter because then we we know what we saw during games, and practices are the quizzes and games are the tests. So that's enough information to go on. And so we can't give you a lot of stuff now because we don't know things for sure. Is there anything you know for sure about the Utes right now as we sit here doing math? Math on the radio. Look out. 11 days before the opener. Did I get that right? Uh, Yeah, funny you should bring that up. Uh, Let me get out my phone because I was doing some work last night on this very topic. Uh, The quarterbacks. I mean, that's what we're all interested in, right? I mean, I, I have a feeling that they'll be able to run the ball because it's what they always do, man. Tell me when they couldn't run the ball. Don't tell me when they could run the ball, right? Better, to, yeah. It's, it's much quicker to list the seasons where they weren't yeah, good at running the ball. Story. So, and if you've got uh, like TJ Green who's got to leave the program to get playing time, that's actually it sucks for the kid, but that's actually a good sign for your program that somebody's been in the program for three years can't get out on the field. It's not like necessarily that they missed on the kid. Maybe they did to an extent, but it speaks to me the more talent that they brought in at the position. Right? So I expect that. We're all, we're all interested in the quarterback. So I'm last night trying to gain some information of what's going on. And you know, I'm getting from people who uh, have scouted uh, Cam Rising, because he's a California kid, right? So with that in mind, that means there's going to be guys out there that I know that scouted uh, this kid in high school because they could potentially recruit him. Now, he's only going to go to one school. He goes to Texas, right? But there's going to be dozens, if he's good enough, that at least cursory, if not in-depth, scout him and possibly offer him a scholarship or debate whether to offer him a scholarship. So there's a lot of coaches out there who know about the kid. And the word I'm getting, Kyle talked about this, I think it was not yesterday, I think it was a little bit Saturday, that the kid's a playmaker. He can make plays, but he can be a little reckless and be a little loose with the ball. And so with that in mind, he's a playmaker and he still needs some more time to develop. And he's got time. Right now he's got some time on his side, right? Because uh, what is he? Is he would he be a redshirt sophomore? And then yep. this year may not count. It's not going to count, you, right? If you want, well, I mean, if you if you don't want it to count, it could Sh- count if you want it to count. Right. The uh, best so. players are going to go to the NFL on their timetable and are going to care about the extra year they're and, given. And and some guys are just going to have enough and want to get on with their lives too. Buried on uh, a depth because, chart, but other guys are well, going to want to play it, one more year. Yeah, because it, it, to be a Division One football player, it's a, it's a year round commitment. And after four or five years, you may not want a sixth year. You may want to move on. We'll we'll see what happens down the line there. So he has some time on his side. But the idea that I have been told now is there's no way Ludwig, and this goes to what you've been saying, Ludwig isn't bringing in a kid from South Carolina to not play him. And Rising came in before Ludwig got there. He was not an Andy guy. If I, as what I was told, and so looking towards this, but they they 
they like rising. It's just that he may not be ready. And if you know about Kyle and his absolute distaste for turnovers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I Nobody likes him, but you ought to hear him come come into a, a, a press conference after a game, saliva flying after they've turned the ball over three times. Right. That just really, really, speaking of getting under his skin and getting under things that get under skin, we just talked about in the last segment. So uh, that's something that's out there. But as I say, the great thing about this is it's on full display, as you said, in 11 days, and every single one of us will know exactly what's up because it's it's the theater and it's played on stage. And we'll watch it for three, four hours and we'll all be able to draw our own conclusions. That's what that's what makes it so much fun, is we get to see it, man. And then we all, your opinion, my opinion, Joe Blow's opinion, whomever, and then we all come together the following Monday morning, and we throw it out there, and we hash about it. We get on Facebook. You can call us. You can get on our app and blah, blah, blah. You can have your opinion. That's the beauty of this thing. Coming up, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver. There was something for you, Utes. Cougars coming up next. For you Utes, Arizona Wildcat beat writer Michael Lev writes for the Arizona Daily Star, covers the Cats. That's the Utes opener in 11 days. We're talking with him at 930. Dylan Colley next. Stay with us.